Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. Welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And I'm really excited to be joined today by the amazing Kat Sadler. Kat, you have been like a fashion icon female sort of entrepreneur dream sort of for me for years and years. I've watched you on the red carpet, E! News and everything and well, Daily 10. I'm actually friendly with your ex-husband, your first ex-husband, really friendly with him. Reese, who I you love. You know, I was going to ask you if you two knew one another and that's amazing. Reese, I presume. Yes. Reese, the British yeah. one. <laughs> yes, the he was actually my second husband, but I'm sure we'll get into that. Yeah. Reese is amazing. I'm, I'm glad you're friends. He and I are good friends to this day. Oh, he's lovely. All us English stick together. I do like him. I know. And so you're three times divorced then. Are you twice divorced or three times? Twice divorced. Oh twice my God, okay. please. Not more than it already is. Three. <laughs> And Three redating divorces. now, happy. You are, well, you were, as I said, on E! News and Red Carpet, and then you made the stand for women's rights, which I really commend you for by sort of um, sticking up for equal pay, which I think is so important to our male counterparts. And now you are a fellow podcaster. So welcome. And this, this is great yeah. anyway, isn't it? You meet so many amazing people. Oh my gosh. I love it so much, Caroline. Having been on TV, like, to time and produced. And it's like a very kind of manufactured way of telling stories. And podcasting is just so freeing. I'm sure you feel the same way. It's just like, it's loose. It's very raw. It's very real. So I, I love this whole podcast space for countless reasons. I think, you know, what happens is like you and I now, if I was on a red carpet with you, you sort of, your back goes up and you're thinking you've got a publicist behind you going, don't say anything. And I think what happens when you do this, like I, I had this amazing um, interview with Susan Sarandon on the show and I, it went everywhere the next day. We had no idea because we were just sitting and talking like this. And yeah. I think it's just a chat whereas you don't have to, you don't overthink and you sort of feel like you're so you're more connected to the person than you are in a studio with lights and cameras and all these people around you telling you to, I don't know, not to say this or not to say that. And if you did 
fuck up and say something you really don't want in there, you know, we could take it out. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's really, really is perfect. And you, you hit the nail on the head. It is exactly that because honestly, that got kind of old for me over the years of always like knowing what people are going to say. And they always had this sound bite in their head. And it was, it was way more difficult to have meaningful conversations and you never know what's going to happen. You never know what anyone's going to say. There's kind of an unpredictability about these kind of chats, like you say, and I am here for it. I love it. And I always think, you know, even though you sort of see these people time and time again, because you're doing all the red carpets and everything like that, but do you ever, you know, you don't really form a relationship with them. You don't really know what's behind the facade, right? And what's real, what's not, what's, and I think that's what's so nice about, I've met so many people doing this. And I, I mean, unlike you, I didn't have any background in doing this. I don't really understand how I've ended up where I've ended up doing it, but it's a happy accident. And kind of like, I suppose you, you've ended up as a happy accident because it is so fun and so nice. You know what though? I actually think you're at a bit of an advantage. You are so good at it. And I have listened to some of your podcasts and sometimes the challenge for me is because I am a quote unquote journalist. And I have done this for so many years that I'm sometimes attached to the way the interview used to look, if that makes sense. Like, you know, you start on the background and there's this kind of like formula that I suppose that was authentic to me all those years, which I think was fine and good and suited me for that season of my life. But sometimes I'm also Virgo and I'm like very detail oriented and I do like to have order to things. So sometimes the podcast space I've had to work at just rolling with it and letting it happen how it happens and not always knowing what my questions are going to be. And just, I've always been a good listener, but I do, you know, for me, sometimes it's just like the best conversations are the ones that I didn't prepare for. Actually, I think that's an unbelievable tip to anyone that wants to get into this space, because funnily enough, I have one of my best friends here. He's a, a radio DJ for six years. He does six hours a day on Virgin. He's amazing. But put him in this with me. We had a podcast. It was an utter disaster because all he did was <laughs> interview me <laughs> every day. Yeah. And he didn't want to yeah. talk about himself because you're not used right? to talking about yourself. And actually the viewer, the person that you're going to speak to now wants to know about Kat Sadler and who is she? Who is the person behind the interviewer? And I think letting that w wall down for you is probably the hardest thing to do because you're used to doing it, giving it to somebody else all the time and not talking about yourself completely, completely true. And, you know, I'm always preaching this whole vulnerability piece where it's like, I want my guests to, you know, crack open and tell us everything. And, you know, once you do, then you share your real story, then people feel less alone. But then it was like, oh shit, I have to do that myself. I have to turn that around and also walk the walk. And so that has been a bit of an evolution over the last couple of years. But the funny thing is the more I do that and the more I reveal about my life and my romantic relationships and my struggles and my aging and all the things that, you know, consume me or that I struggle with or that I think about, the more I do reveal and just share the truth, the more my audience appreciates it, the more everyone seems to really connect with it. And sometimes those are my highest rated podcasts. I mean, you know, I'll have Scarlett Johansson on one week, but if I'm sitting there like in my bed crying about my last toxic relationship, people are here for it. So maybe not just the toxic relationship, but how I guess I overcame said relationship. So people, people like to hear the realness for sure. 
A hundred percent. I'm I'm with you on that. I always get super excited when I get these big name celebrities to come on. And actually, they're not the ones that perform the most. You're absolutely right. The ones that perform the most is when I'm sitting in bed having a complete rant or breakdown about, you know, just time management or kids or relationships. And I actually I'm so this is what we're here for. So, and yeah. I think everyone wants some sort of a takeaway. And I think, you know, when, when you, when you do these shows and I think, you know, we're both the same age, you know, I'm 46 and, and we're, we're divorced and we're sort of beginning to live our best lives really and freely. And you're now, you're, you know, your best friends or well, you're very good friends with your exes, you're co-parenting. How's that going? <laughs> Yeah. Also on one of my recent episodes, I actually had on my ex-husband's wife because she and I are now wonderful friends. She's the stepmother to my two boys. And we've been at this now for about 15 years. So I, you know, people for years were like, what, how is that possible? This is the most progressive relationship. You guys co-parent together. You go on holiday together. You work together. She and I are work associates. So nobody could believe it. And we finally just told that story. And I guess Caroline, the answer is like, how's that going? It was a decision like from day one. So my kids were six and two when we divorced and that was my first divorce. And like anyone's divorce, it's, it's devastating on so many levels, but luckily my ex and I just, it was, it was such a mutual decision. He was a child of divorce. I am a child of divorce. So it was like, this could go one of two ways. Like we don't want the struggle for the next, how many 18, 20 years, the rest of our lives, by the way, your parents to your kids forever until you're not, and you're not around, even though, you know, it wasn't a perfect dissolve. We at least completely agreed on the fact that we wanted to co-parent. We wanted to be fair. We wanted to be reasonable. We wanted to do everything with them in mind. And so it, it's been awesome. And not to say it's perfect, but it's been just about the best you could hope for. Well, the one thing that really stands out and which I try to explain to people, because I get it all the time, you know, I wish I could do it the way you're doing it. I wish, how did you get leave and get it to go that well? And I think the one thing you just said that really stood out was it's a decision. It is a decision. If you decide it's going to go well because you have no other option and you really don't have another option. So I don't really know why people give themselves a choice of hating the other person or not, because you don't have an option. You've still got graduations. You've still got holidays. You've still got birthdays. You've got weddings. So you don't have an option. So once you've got, taken that option away, there's your decision. I know. And it's just like, honestly, get out of our own way. I mean, at the end of the day, it's only poisoning you to hold on. It's only ruining your own life and your own happiness, your own wellness at the end of the day. And, and it's, it's really not about us. You know, it is about the kids. And so, I mean, truly one of the greatest rewards of my entire life is hearing my kids today now that they're older, especially acknowledge what we created. And they're just even, you know, I've told the story when I was interviewing for my son's high school experience here in LA, you know, you go through the whole interview thing with the school and the faculty and they interview you and they interview your kids. And the, the gentleman interviewing us came out of that, that process and just said, wow. He said, 
whatever you're doing, whatever you've done, bravo, because Ryan was just explaining to us the dynamic of your family and how you're all very good friends and how you kind of, there's so much back and forth, but it's all good. And it's, it's, it's in love. Everything is done in love. And like, he was explaining this as a 16 year old kid expressing this kind of reflection on his upbringing. And as a parent, like that is the absolute best thing you can ever hear. So it was confirmation that, you know, even though, yeah, it's a little unconventional to to have such a close relationship with your ex. And by the way, other partners come in the picture, right? So I got married again and Kyle and Sarah have now been married for, you know, how many ever years, 13, 14 years. And I always say that it's, it's one bad apple can ruin that for parents as they want to co-parent. So it's so important that whichever partner your ex chooses has to be on board. They have to want to be on board for the type of co-parenting that you desire. So in, in that sense, we got really, really lucky. So let's take a little break from the show. And I want to tell you something that is so important, especially in the world we live in. And for all of you that are out there recycling and being good to the planet, there is Grove. Grove Collaborative. They believe it's time to ditch single-use plastics for good. So do I. Grove carries hundreds of products aimed at replacing single-use plastics across your home and personal care routine. And by 2025, Grove will be 100% plastic-free. Grove's concentrated cleaners and refillable glass bottles, they're friendlier to the planet and twice as effective as any leading natural brand. So switch to sustainable products for every room in your home, from laundry care to hand soaps, to so much more. Grove Co. has you covered from safe formulas and refillable packaging that never compromise on performance. So like in my house, I have literally nine people that live with me, including my staff, and the laundry is insane. So I go through laundry detergents, softeners, hand soaps weekly. And it's so sad to see the plastic being thrown away. So this is genius for my family because literally we keep the glass bottles and they simply refill them. It could not be easier to do. So join over 2 million households already shopping sustainably with Grove. Go to grove.com slash DND today and get a free gift set worth up to $50 with your first order. Plus free shipping, fast and free. Get started right now at grove.com slash dnd, grove.com slash dnd. Let's get back to the show. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing conversations to come. New episodes of With Wit are available every Tuesday on all platforms. So you've had two divorces and then, you know, both of them quite well handled. But (laughs) in the meantime, like when you look back, why do you think, or what do you think post-divorce was the catalyst? Do you, why do you think both of them sort of didn't work? Cause I always wonder, like I have friends that have been divorced like three or four times and I'm like, my God, I found it hard to find, you know, the second one husband now. <laughs> oh my God. You know, and, and yeah, I'm not sitting here saying, cause I've had relationships even past my, both of my divorces that have also 
failed, Caroline. So that is the question I've been exploring, the answers I've been searching for. And I I think I've finally sorted out some of my own relationship patterns and choices, and I've done a lot of therapy. But to answer your question, both of those marriages ended for very, very different reasons. I mean, my first husband, we married so young. We, well, we were together from the time we were 19. We were college sweethearts. We had kids really young. And our lives when we came together were extremely different than our lives became. This was Kyle. So my first husband, husband. Okay. Yeah. My first husband, the father of my kids. Yeah. We were together super young and eight years and we were back in Indiana where I'm from, from the Midwest. And we just had such a different, we came together under really, really different life circumstances. And then during our marriage, we moved to LA and I got a job on E and like everything in our lives really changed rather drastically. And you know, nothing salacious happened other than we, we were that couple who kind of ended up being more roommates than lovers and more just managing the kids than true partners. And I hate to use the old cliche. We kind of just outgrew each other, but we really kind of did. Do you think you became Hollywood? Did I become Hollywood? Is that what you said? Yeah. Like when, you know, when you've gone from a small town and you suddenly get all this fame, do you think it yeah. changed you a lot? And, you know, obviously, because if you've met and you were childhood sweethearts, you know, he probably yeah. doesn't recognize the woman he married anymore. Yeah. Honestly, maybe, maybe some of that, of course. I think more than anything, I think it might not have been the life he signed up for. It was less about me changing because I'm still, I like to say I'm still the same girl I was on the farm, you know, 40 years ago that's really important to me to kind of try to be true to that, that person, regardless of the weather or the zip code or whatever, but I don't, but it is a very, very different existence here. And I don't know that it completely agreed with him. So if I am living a Hollywood life, however that looks and going to work and traveling and traveling around the world, that's not as his cup of tea as much. And so it, yeah, caused probably a divide and there was some disconnect over that. And, and ultimately when you're not connecting, you know, you, you kind of fall apart. It, it wasn't that we gave up either too early. Cause I definitely did, you know, suggest the therapy thing. And we had two kids. I didn't want to just walk away. Who wants to just like give up, but there wasn't a lot of room for negotiation over that. It was interestingly when it was over, it was over and it was over. And that was, then the switch went off and we had to figure out the future. I, you see, I feel like that. I feel like there is kind of a switch you know, you have to pull it back very, very fast because once you part cross that sort of line, and I don't mean like seeing other people or anything like that, but I mean, in your head, I mean, like there's a switch where suddenly that person, they smell different to you. They don't, you know, you're not attracted to them the same way. They don't. And, and I don't, I can't imagine that any therapist on the planet is going to be able to change that for me. How do you switch that Mm. switch back? That's such a good point. That is such a good point. And I think sometimes even if people want to flip the switch back, you can do all of the the searching you can possibly do. And sometimes you just don't know. I don't know what that's about. That definitely happens within relationships. But maybe that's why, you know, all the things are so important and the staying connected. It is, that's why it, it has to be work. And that's why you hear people say it relationships are work because just like if you don't go to the gym, 
your ass is going to start sagging and things just change if you don't work on it all the time. It's the same thing for marriage. If you're not constantly connecting or having date night or having sex, then there's a massive void there. And sometimes it's irreparable. And so then you, you divorced and you met Reese. What went wrong there? So much went right. I just want to point that out. I mean, maybe this is, this is something I need to explore more in therapy, but like timing, maybe it's timing, Caroline, because timing is everything. And Reese came into my life when, you know, I had been married for, I was with Kyle for 12, 13 years. I had been raising young kids, you know, I had been working my ass off and I had been hustling for a long time. I had, and when I wasn't at work and I wasn't on TV, I was a very invested mother for two kids every hour of the day. And Reese, Reese was this light that came into my life that was fun and a free spirit and traveled the world. And yes, he's British. So he opened my eyes to this whole other universe that I didn't even know existed. And we just would got along like a house on fire, as <laughs> you guys would say. And so here's the thing about Reese. And I wonder if he would say the same thing, but we did get married partially out of needing to geographically be in the same location, right? So he was living in London at the time when we met, I was living in LA. He was on a plane literally every three weeks back and forth. And it was kind of like, if we're ever going to know, then he needs to get here and we need to live together. And we need to really like invest. And we were madly in love. Of course, I would not have gotten married if I wasn't, but I think we rushed things a little bit because of that. We got married in Vegas, never in a million years would I ever think I was the person to get married in Vegas. And Reese and I just, Reese had never had kids. And as wonderful as a fixture as he was in my boy's life, they already had their dad, right? Cause I'm still co-parenting with their dad. He is very, very, very involved. And Reese is younger, not considerably, but a good four or five years. And we had a similar dissolve in that, again, there was no hate. There wasn't infidelity. It wasn't like that. It was just, if I'm honest, it was kind of sometimes like having a third child. I mean, I've got a third child, so fourth child downstairs, Sergio. But, you know, Sergio actually wants the future life, actually, where I see, you know, I mean, I know Reese well enough to know that I think he's got an inner child that isn't ready. I mean, does he, did he want children? Did he want the extra step or is he sort of a commitment phobe like that? You know, like your children were enough. That's that's the wild thing about Reese. He loves children. He's a wonderful uncle. And yes, he did want children. However, and being completely transparent here, we did get pregnant and I had a miscarriage. And so that was devastating on the one hand, but also a bit of a wake up call because when that happened and we went through that experience together, I had my doubts. I had my doubts that he was ready. So again, that was part of just, I I do think he has so much love. And I think I know once a family to this day, as, as I said, we're friends, but he wasn't done with his own like personal growth. He, you know, I, and I used to tease him all the time. I was like, you're going to be great when you're in your forties, you're going to be the best partner for somebody, but he wasn't ready to kind of grow up. And, you know, there was a lot of, we went out all the time and there was always a party. And I was just, I was, I was less interested in that. 
So let's take a little break from the show and discuss, well, everything really. I mean, something that's so important, we all have had high interest debt and it can sometimes be so overwhelming and even harder to ask for help. And that's where Upstart comes in. Say goodbye to high interest credit and debit card debt. It's one of the first steps that you can take towards financial independence, but sometimes the interest month after month can feel like you're on a never-ending hamster wheel. And that's where Upstart comes in. We've all been there. Seemingly out of nowhere, you get hit by an unexpected expense or bill. Definitely happened to me this year. When it happens, it can feel like the weight of the world is coming down on your shoulders and it's normal not to know where to turn. Luckily, Upstart is here. I wish I had that when that had happened to me because I had no way of thinking how I'm going to do it because like most people, we all budget. Upstart powered personal loans can help you pay down high interest debt all online with one simple, easy to understand payment term. Upstart has helped over 1.8 million customers on their path to financial freedom. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, Upstart can help you get one fixed monthly payment with clear payoff date. Upstart knows you're more than just a credit score. And rather than looking at your credit score alone, Upstart's model considers other factors like your income, employment, and other information provided in your loan application to find a smarter rate for your loan, which I think is so incredible because we're not just numbers and we're not just in a computer. We are people and every single one of you is different. You can check your rate in minutes for loans between $1,000 and $50,000 without impacting your credit score. Don't wait and check your rate today at upstart.com slash dnd. That's upstart.com slash dnd to check your rate today. Don't forget to use your URL to let them know I sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. So go to upstart.com slash dnd. Let's get back to the show. Like, I think it's a very English thing with the boys. And, you know, that's a, that's a type of guy. It is. I don't know what it is about English men. It's like, you know, you, you've got to choose the pub over the woman or the boys. You know, the only thing that, that, that I have with Sergio is that he never chooses the boys over me, which he should aged, what, he's 27. Yes. Girl, we got to talk about that. I am loving this. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> But he is quite mature and, you know, in some ways he's incredibly mature and in other ways he's ridiculously young. But the young part keeps me young because I kind of feel when you're on the hustle and what we're doing and the way we work and I work an extraordinary amount. I think that my brain works in so many ways. I actually like the the Peter Pan in him because he does, like I get very frustrated and grumpy and I sort of, you know, get short, short uh, tempered with him. And he's still sort of like a puppy over me trying to give me affection and doing this. And I can't really imagine myself with a 50 year old and three kids. So, yeah. you know, it is just, it's, it's a choice. And I think he will be. I understand ama- that. I do understand that. I mean, I'm definitely, that was very much my attraction to Reese. And then I had a three, four year long relationship just recently. He was 11 years younger. And I, for the same reason, I think we're young at heart and there is, it's so attractive to have that kind of life beside you or around you, because it does keep you, it keeps you on the pulse of things and life and pop culture, which I know we're both so very interested in. And so it it is really nice in so, so many ways until it 
wasn't for me. So, so again, it was mutual. Reese and I were like, you know, God, it's been a good run. And I, that's what my life's kind of been life. It's like, I look back and I'm like, I don't see it as a failure. I see it as essential to my growth. And I am different sitting here today than I was when I was married to Reese, by the way, I should point that out. You know, I still had some, you know, my, my mother has been married multiple times. And I was like, I'm not going to be my mom. I'm not going to do that. I, that is, you know, I don't know if I'll ever get married again, but I had some of my own hangups about my own childhood and some of my own traumas. And I think, you know, that was my side of the street with Reese that I, I, I still had my own, believe it or not, even though being older and me saying he's younger, I had my own growth to do for sure, to be a better partner. I wasn't saying what I needed to Reese. I wasn't saying I didn't want to go home in an Uber by myself at the party. So I was, I was gathering my own resentment about our relationship and I wasn't dealing with the, the right way either. So, you know, there's that. Communication is absolutely key. And I think, you know, it's very hard to do. Sometimes we lose that. That's one thing I do have with him. But the other thing that I, you know, I also sound I or I like about you is that you're so pragmatic. I'm exactly the same. It's good till it's not. And when it's not, it's okay too. You're not sitting shaking in that room going, none of my relationships worked. And I, you know, life is shit. And that's, yeah. you know, and I think we're just going to be those types of women. It's okay. I always say to him, I want you here until the day you don't want to be here. And when the day you don't mm. want to be here, I'll help you pack. No issue, mm. not in a ni- nasty way. Like, you know, I will yes. be fine. Do not worry about. And I, I, I realized that when I l- left my first marriage, I will always be all right. And I think there's just a certain sort of, sort of person that just knows I'm going to be okay. I'm good with that, which is probably why, you know, we, we, we always find the nice men um, because <laughs> yeah. we're not needy. Yeah. But I think it's really important to tell people that it doesn't need to, you know, you, all your relationships are five years, four years, eight years. Okay. Those are relationships. Those are proper relationships. And I think people think at the moment you've been left or you've left someone after th- three or four people, they're like, oh my God, poor you, you've yeah. had nothing. Yeah. And like, no, you have, you've lived lifetimes, you've lived chapters, you've lived different parts of your life with different men who've grown you into this amazing person we are today. And I think that's incredible. And I would much rather have those experiences than, you know, sat in some sort of country mansion, looking at my husband that I hate, who's slowly crusting over and, you know, exactly sleeping in another bedroom and just, no, no, never, 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 ever. And you were right. I mean, listen, after my last breakup, which may have been the worst of them all, as far as the heartbreak and, and, and in this case, it was rather salacious. What happened? You know what I did? I took the biggest time out I've ever taken in my adult life. I stopped dating. I, you know, oh yeah. And then the pandemic of course was kind enough to, to come at the same time. And I was forced to just be alone with my beautiful children. And I'll tell you what, again, I am a big believer that the universe is working for us. You know, it's not happening to us. It's happening for us. And I was like, okay, no more dating, no more bad relationship. Like I have this opportunity to want, firstly, just be with my kids so very much even work slowed down. So I was able to just really like go in and be super introspective and be single and do therapy 
and write in my journal and walk outside every day and just really get in touch with what I have, not what I don't have. And that has served me so, so, so very much. And you know what I learned through that period? And I certainly recommend this for everybody. And I I say this all the time. It's like, I've never enjoyed my own company more, you know, and kind of like you, I'm sure you can relate when you, when you have had your single spells, it's like, look, you know, I have these beautiful children. I have a career. Like I have, I have all that I need. Right. And so I, but I have to like being with myself. And so I, I kind of learned that again. I like my own company. I'm not afraid to be alone. I'm not, I don't need to fill up the space with anybody else. And by the way, when I do choose to be with somebody else, it's going to be really additive and it's not going to drain me. It's not going to take away. It's only going to, to add to the enhancement of my life. And so when I finally set those kind of boundaries and really spent time alone for you know a year and a half without a partner, man, I started choosing differently and I picked a, and I am now in a healthy relationship. I'm six months in and it's operating very different than any relationship I've ever known. It's a little slower. It's a little steadier. It's predictable. It's not compulsive. And I just, I'm, I'm learning to, to appreciate this type of partnership versus some of the ones in my past. Well, you live in Los Angeles. What does 47 and dating in Los Angeles look like even? Because it's so, we're considered over the hill. (laughs) What does it look like? Well, I'll tell you what it doesn't look like. We're no longer going to the clubs. We are not going to the bars. We are not any of that. You can't walk over to each other's tables anymore. Ever. Right. how, How are you doing it? It's called dating apps, Caroline. It's called... The, I swore that I would get off of dating apps because I was just so, I had such an allergy to them in the end. Do you know who Patty Stinger is? Yes, very well. And we're trying to do part of her club over here. Okay, amazing. So Patty was on my show and she read me my rights. She was like, Kat, if you don't leave your house and if you don't get on dating apps, you're literally going to end up marrying your gardener. Now, come on. You know, she just was like, you have to put yourself out there. So she insisted I get back on my dating apps. She told me, cause I have my three dogs who are my other babies. And she's like, you take the dogs to the dog park. And, and, you know, she, she had a whole list of things for me to do. So she said, you have to do all the buckets, you know, all the things you have to you know, go to the museum that you want to go to. You don't need to go with anyone, do things alone, you know, go sit at a bar by yourself, maybe a bar, maybe a restaurant and dine alone, literally. So I had a whole list of exercises I had to do. And I met Greg on, on Raya, which funnily enough, I said I would not do again, but now I'm glad I did. It's, it's such a funny thing, isn't it? I mean, and, and Greg is the same age as you? No. So here is the, the rub. I mean, Greg is older. And by the way, this was my therapist. Everyone in my life was like, all right, this time we're doing it different. We're not doing younger. We're not doing kidless. We are doing older and we're doing established. He has to have been married and he has to have kids. I'm like, whoa, this is so different. But I have to tell you, he is 53. I am 47. Wait for it. Guess how many kids he has? Oh God, five or something. (laughs) He has four kids. Okay. I know. And it sounds daunting. And at first I was like, oh my gosh. 
But then I met him and I have to say, I have not dated anyone who's been a father. And suddenly our conversations were connecting. We can relate to one another. He, you know, he has exes. We're talking about that. Like there, we had so much in common. And so in these last six months, it's been wild because he gets it. I get it. You have to give, you know, you got to put the kids first. We can't always see each other. We have to plan accordingly. And that's okay because I feel like we understand one another at a really deep level. And I don't feel like I don't ever feel like I'm sacrificing my life to go be with him because he, he gets it. He really, really gets it. And he is a young 53 as far as his energy goes. Like he is curious and on the pulse of things and is, you know, just such an interesting person and spirit. And the fact he has young kids, like that keeps him young too, like we were discussing. So, so, so far, so good. I mean, I think at the end of the day, as we've all said, it really is down to the spirit and the soul more than anything. You know, like in my lifetime, I would never have said I was going to end up with a tw- married to a 27-year-old. I, you know, I met him, Kat, when he was 24. Quite frankly, I should be in jail. You know, so I, and I really wasn't looking for that. So whatever works and whatever works for you, he works in my family. It works for me until, you know, what happens when I'm older and grayer, who knows, but who cares, right? Right now I'm having a great time. And I think that these kind of stories are so important to people just to sort of move on, not to sort of get hung up on what they've lost and rather look forward to what they're going, you know, the next chapter, which can be, and always is so exciting. And you've started your, your podcast, A Beautiful Day. Can you tell me about what, what it's about? Yeah. I mean, it was also born in the middle of the pandemic in that time when I was really going kind of through it and having a bit of a, a, a rebirth myself in so many ways, professionally and personally and the relationships and all the things. And, you know, I have always been this eternally optimistic person, as you can tell, I'm friends with all my exes. I just always choose to see the good versus, versus the alternative. And so I just knew people like me were, you know, struggling. Everyone's been struggling the the pandemic and the job loss and the, the loneliness and the struggles with mental health, like everything was peaking. And I thought, you know, I love stories. I love conversing with people. I've got to try and infuse a little joy in people's lives. And so the name, it sure is a beautiful day came because that's something I literally say. And people point out to me because I am that girl. I walk outside here in LA. It's not difficult to do, but I'm like, oh, this is such a beautiful day, you know? And I walking the dogs, the flowers, everything's so beautiful. And people are like, that should be the name of your show. I was like, that should be the name of the show. So it's kind of about this show isn't straight interviews in the past. I would always be, you know, one-on-one interview with people now. Like I told you, I'm sometimes just talking about, you know, my health and wellness habits, or I'm talking about something I've gone through or what I've learned from a particular breakup and just trying to help people along in their own journeys in life. You know, I hesitated to tell so much about my last relationship, but the response has just been so positive. And thank you for giving middle-aged women, you know, hope that there is a second act and there are, there is more to our life and it ain't over when you're 40 and all of these things. So we've created a community that's uplifting and hopefully inspiring and a little bit entertaining and kind of, it's different week to week. So it's kind of a hybrid of all the things, but I'm having a great time. And, and like I said, the people seem to be 
have an appetite for it. So I'm just so grateful. I think there is such a large platform for women in their forties, because I do think we've been conditioned for so long. Like even now I'm doing IVF and egg retrieval and things like that. And people are going, Oh my God, at your age. And I'm like, yes, at my age. And, you know, and I think it's so important to show people, I love the name of beautiful day because, you know, it's true. No matter what's going on, you look outside and if I'm feeling down or whatever, you know, Sergio always says, but it's, you know, beautiful outside. Look at the sun. And the moment I lie outside or put my coffee and sit, sit, sit and look at the sun, I just, you feel different. And it is, yes. it's like, it should be just a mantra to ourselves. And I think, you know, you can change anything with a positive attitude, anything. So I think it's such an important sort of place to be in the, in uh, the world today, especially coming from where you're coming from, where we are, well, you were in such a sort of superficial line of work before for women and fashion and everything that we did. It was so geared to younger women and Hollywood it is, it's got that sort of double-edged sword about whether we are too old or not. But actually I think 40 year old women are sort of slightly taking over these days. <laughs> I do too. Say that with gusto. Absolutely. I mean, I think you said that at the beginning of our conversation, like I feel like I'm in the, the best part of my life so far, the best chapter. I know who I am. I've certainly lived life. I've misstepped. I've made mistakes, but like, I have never been more intimately close to who I am. And I think there are a lot of women that feel that way who are kind of going on this existential search for like, what am I living for? And what is the purpose of my life? And yes, Hollywood has been great. Do I love the gowns and the glamour and the glitz and the all of those things? Absolutely. Would I want 30 more bags in my closet even today? Probably. But none of that actually brings me true happiness. None of that has brought me happiness. It is the more mundane moments and the stillness and my health. I mean, that sounds so again, like, oh yeah, but like people are dying. Like, you know, and you do get older and then every day you're like, wait a minute, I, I, I feel good. I, I want to continue to feel good. I want to continue to, to soar. And you so look. I feel like I'm just getting started in some ways. And you I are. think that's a lot of us. We New are getting careers. started. We're just starting. Yeah. And you look fucking fabulous. If I can say that you look oh, amazing. God bless. So, so do you. Thank, thank you. you. So thank you so much for coming on today, Kat. I've loved every second of this and hopefully we can do it again. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action. 